0: Welcome to UF Health Med EdCast with UF Health Shands Hospital. I'm Melanie Cole and joining me today is Dr. C. Chen. She's an assistant professor in the Department of Otolaryngology, Head and Neck Surgery at the University of Florida College of Medicine, and she's here to highlight cochlear implants, expanding access to hearing rehabilitation. Dr. Chen, it's a pleasure to have you with us today as we get into this topic, Can you tell us a little bit about hearing disorders that require interventions or that are amenable to interventions? What conditions are we talking about here today?
1: Good morning, Melanie. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I'm happy to talk about hearing loss and in most of the adults that we're focusing on, the adults today We're talking about sensory neural hearing loss as a disease that may have multiple etiologies, including aging, noise exposure, genetics, and other diseases. We're specifically focusing on the severe to profound level of sensory neural hearing loss when they've had hearing aid rehabilitations but have limited benefits from the hearing aids.
0: Well then let's get into that. Tell us about the limitations of hearing aids and when cochlear implants might be considered.
1: Hearing loss, neural hearing loss, essentially is a dysfunction at the level of the cochlea and the cochlear nerve. When the cochlea and cochlear nerves are not functioning due to either aging, noise exposure, or other etiologies, hearing aids are no longer helpful. So I'm sure you've probably met people who are frustrated with hearing aids or they just found no help from hearing aids. The reason of that is that hearing aids, essentially, no matter how advanced the technology is, is still simply an amplification of sounds. They make sounds louder, but cannot make you understand it better. For example, you may hear either on the hearing aids or an example of the telephone, you know, you hear wobble, wobble, wobble at a very low tones so is not clear. So you think if you just increase the volume, it would be much more clear speech, but that's not the case. So instead of hearing wobble, wobble, with the limits of hearing aids, you may still hear wobble, 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 very loud, but unfortunately not very clear. That's when you really start to think about what is the next step? What are the available hearing rehabilitation options for those patients? And cochlear implants are currently very good options for those patients.
0: So then speak about cochlear implant evaluation and what's involved and patient selection. Are there some people for whom this is contraindicated?
1: Absolutely. So. Cochlear implants are generally reserved for severe to profound sensory neural hearing loss. So for the cochlear implant evaluation, we take a multidisciplinary team approach. We want to first make sure that you have a otolaryngology physician evaluation where if there are reasons for the hearing loss to be limited to the middle ear, like an infusion, infection, or tumor of stopping the sound from going through, then those are maybe surgically corrected and patients may improve with good benefits with the hearing aids alone. So we do want to make sure there are correctable etiologies identified on physical exam. Other things that may limit access to a cochlear implant would be either a tumor on the hearing and nerve, or central processing disorders such as neurodegenerative diseases. Although we do offer cochlear implants, even when patients have Alzheimer's or Parkinson's, those are still good options for them, but we do counsel them carefully in terms of what cochlear implants can do for them.
0: Such a fascinating and exciting time to be in your field. Dr. Chen, so tell us a little bit about the surgery itself and post-operative care follow-up. Tell us a little bit about what's involved.
1: So cochlear implant actually is one of the very fascinating innovations in our field. The FDA approval for cochlear implant only came about in 1985 for adults and for kids it's been approved since 1990s, but we've seen this huge expansion in terms of what the technology can do, thus to follow would be FDA expanded criteria for people to meet candidacy for cochlear implant. The surgery is quite short. I generally tell my patients that that surgery only takes about one to two hours. Surgical intervention with the cochlear implant is actually the shortest part of their hearing rehabilitation journey. They undergo an outpatient surgery, one to two hours. But they have a very long relationship with the cochlear implant program, including the surgeon and the audiologist, in order to map the cochlear implant to have the most comfortable level for them to optimize for their daily activity and improve their hearing and speech outcome. So the performance can be seen to improve dramatically even between six months to a year so they continue to have significant improvement over time with a device like that.
0: Now I'd love for you to tell us about your hearing outcomes. And while you're doing that, speak about, since we're talking about the adult population, speak about life effects as reflected in measures of quality of life, educational attainment, economic impact. Speak about your outcomes and how quality of life is really such an important factor.
1: With a cochlear implant, when we test the cochlear implant candidates before surgery, for example, if you ask them to listen to a test will be sentences. Most of the patients, in order to qualify for cochlear implant, they understand less than 40% of the sentences by Medicaid and Medicare criteria. That would be equivalent of having a conversation with somebody on the phone and not understanding more than half of the conversation on the phone. So most of the cochlear implant patients can achieve anywhere between 75 85% of conversation after cochlear implant that is a significant improvement and some people even are superstars and they understand 100% of the sentences obviously we do have patients who don't perform nearly as well but on average you do see a significant improvement in conversation even without lip reading visual cues or other cues and the one simple very good example of the quality of life improvement is really A lot of patients would come in and say, you know, I haven't heard the bird chirping outside my window for so many years. It's so nice to hear that. And another example would be that I went to a game with my grandchildren, and I finally understood what they were talking about in a very noisy background. Before that, I couldn't understand that. So the quality of life impact is significant, and people really start to engage socially with other people. they become happier with their own sort of social interaction, and they're less likely to be anxious or depressed or participating in their own
0: medical care. So what's exciting? What do you see happening in the next 10 years or so? If you were to give us a blueprint for further research, recent advances or ongoing research that are improving cochlear implant performance, speak about anything you'd like other providers to know about.
1: Absolutely. So, with the cochlear implant, we traditionally think of a you know a big surgery. It's this external device that's implanted. Nowadays, it's much slimmer. Think of the cell phones we had five to ten years ago. It was much bigger, and it's definitely slimmer and slimmer. We're looking at devices that are much better battery life, and we're looking at electrical devices that are much better at replicating the frequency stimulation of a human hearing and sound, so I think with the programming of the cochlear implant has gotten so much better that we do have better algorithms to replicate natural sound. In addition, I think the huge improvement is that prior to 2019, we spent a lot of time counseling patients and say, you know, you're sort of really in the gray area. You really don't like your hearing aids, but you're not quite bad enough for cochlear implants. So we used to have a huge group of patients who are very frustrated with hearing aids but don't quite meet criteria for cochlear implant. And I really used to dread those appointments and say, we don't have anything for you to do unless your hearing gets worse. That's a terrible thing to sort of offer the patient. Now with the FDA expansion of the cochlear implant candidacy, we're really seeing more and more patients being able to meet criteria to get cochlear implants when they no longer benefit from hearing aids. So we see more and more people becoming eligible with more residual hearing at a younger age. And of course, we're focusing on adults today, but the FDA approval really has been approved for patients as young as nine months of age.
0: Do you have any final thoughts, what you'd like to leave other providers with regarding cochlear implants, quality of life, and what you're doing there at UF Health Shands Hospital?
1: Absolutely. So one of the major things, I think, if you look at all of the cochlear implant providers, either physicians or audiologists, it's alarming and amazing to see that, uh, according to the American Cochlear Implant Alliance, that less than 10% of people who need a meet criteria for cochlear implant, less than 10% of the people actually go on to receive cochlear implants. So we do want to increase the awareness of this amazing technology and how far we've come from, you know, 1985 from having a honky device to a very slick and modern device and what the capability of the cochlear implant is to restore a relatively normal hearing and to improve their lives. And we really want to sort of work on that less than 10% access to the hearing rehabilitation option. We want to bring this option to more people and make it a life-changing experience for them.
0: Thank you so much, Dr. Chen, for joining us today. What an exciting time. To be in your field and to refer your patient or to listen to more podcasts from our experts, please visit ufhealth.org medmatters. That concludes today's episode of UF Health Med Edcast with UF Health Shands Hospital. For updates on the latest medical advancements, breakthroughs, and research, follow us on your social channels. I'm Melanie Cole.